And we're going to read today from Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three, three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days. And let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. In case you're wondering what the word pulse is, it's not that um, thing that beats on your wrist. So it's not your pulse. It's the, the Bible word for vegetables. So it's the, it's the King James word for vegetables. So the, the idea here is that these that Daniel and his friends, instead of eating uh, whatever the king had provided for them, they decided they were going to eat vegetables, okay? And, uh, of course, at the end of the ten days, they looked much healthier than those who had been enjoying the king's food. Now, here's something important for you to remember. It wasn't anything to do with the vegetables. This was a miracle, 
It was a miracle that took place here. You see, some people say, oh, it was the vegetable diet they were on. Well, we, we all know the vegetables are good for us. And boys and girls, please do eat your greens. And you're going to eat your greens today, aren't you? Because I said that. You're going to go home and eat your greens. Well, maybe not. But you try your best because your greens are good for you. But it was a miracle that happened here. The Lord was the one who uh, made these young men healthy. It wasn't the vegetables as such. So don't give the glory to the vegetables. Give the glory to the Lord for the miracle that he performed Verse 17, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, uh, therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. And Daniel continued even on to the first year of King Cyrus. A few more verses of scripture from the New Testament. Luke chapter 4, please, the fourth chapter of Luke's Gospel. So Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 4, please. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. So the devil has been tempting Christ for 40 days, and he's not finished. But it didn't matter how many temptations he flung at the Savior, he was never, ever going to give in to the temptation. He was bulletproof, we could say. Not like us, we are very susceptible to temptation but not the Son of God. Verse 3, And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. One hundred days in hell. That's the headline that has been given to a commemoration that's taking place today in Israel for the hostages that remain in Gaza. Why is it called 100 days in hell? Well, it's because today marks the 100th day since the 7th of October. Over 100 of those hostages remain captive today. Held in cages, by the way. They're being held in cages in Gaza. They're being beaten with electric cables. 
We could go on and on about the horrific conditions that they're having to live in in those disgusting tunnels. And then, of course, you have the pantomime that's playing out at the International Court of Justice because South Africa have taken Israel to court and accusing Israel of genocide. Well, if ever the pot was calling the kettle black, you have it in that situation. We have read today in Daniel chapter 1 of hostages. Jewish hostages, no less, taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and taken hostage to Babylon, or as we know it today, Iraq. And we find Daniel and his three friends are hostages in this foreign land, just like the Jewish hostages today in Gaza. And these four young men, they were taken hostage to Babylon. They were obviously relocated from Israel to Babylon. And that was all part of Nebuchadnezzar's strategy. Because he thought that if you can relocate these young men, then you will uh, remove their loyalty and their love for their own country. They were relocated. Of course, young people today need to be aware when they are relocated. And I'm, of course, talking about young people going to university. Because very often university is the ruination of young people when they're relocated away from a loving Christian family, away from uh, uh, week-by-week attendance at the church that they, they, they go to, taken out of their comfort zone, as it were, and away from all the Christian influences that have been imbibed into their young lives over the years and they go to university and very often, and it's a tragedy, they kick the traces and uh, completely turn against all that they have learned. The danger of relocation. Well, Daniel and his three friends, even though they were relocated, they still remained faithful to the Lord. Nebuchadnezzar not only had them relocated, but of course he had them re-educated. We would say, we would call it indoctrination. Nebuchadnezzar had his indoctrination, uh, his brainwashing, for want of a better phrase. And he hoped that as as his... Servants brainwashed and indoctrinated Daniel and his three friends in the culture and the literature of Babylon that they would turn against all that they had known, that they would unlearn what they had learned. Of course, every evil regime, every evil government down through the centuries of human history has done the same thing. Whether it's uh, Mao Zedong in China, whether it's Stalin in communist Russia, or whether it's the 
Chinese Communist Party in China today, they all have their indoctrination camps. And they pump their propaganda into the individual, hoping to turn that individual to their way of thinking. And our uh, Westminster government are no different and no better because they are introducing RSE into our province and they're hoping to pump their filth into the minds of our school children. Our government are no better than Stalin, Stalin's Russia or uh, Mao Zedong's China or wherever. They're, they're no better. We need to pray for our young people today. We need to take a stand for them and defend them, especially our own children and grandchildren. As our wicked, vile government seeks to re-educate them. But in spite of Nebuchadnezzar's efforts to re-educate Daniel and his three friends, it simply didn't work. Because these three young men were filled with the Holy Spirit And they were genuine believers. They weren't fake. They weren't just professing Christians. No, they were possessing Christians. And they were committed to the Lord, lock, stock and barrel. And they weren't for turning. So Nebuchadnezzar, he tries something else. He tries to rename them. He tries changing their names. So they're not only relocated and re-educated, but they're also renamed. And of course, Nebuchadnezzar, his thinking is that these four young men and the other Jewish hostages, they're going to have an identity crisis. They're going to be confused about their identity. They're not going to know whether they're Jewish or Babylonish. Not going to know whether they belong to Israel or Babylon. Do you know there are a lot of children in our society today in the United Kingdom and they have an identity crisis. Did you know that there are children as young as three in our nation who are being sent to gender clinics, wicked NHS gender clinics, I'm speaking about the mainland now, England, wicked NHS gender clinics that tell children as young as three, you're in the wrong body. You're in the wrong body. If you don't believe me, I'll show you I'll show you uh, where I read it in black and white, just in case you think we're making these things up. Children as young as three in our country being told they're in the wrong body. Children who are left with an identity crisis. We need to pray more than ever for our children in these wicked days. That's why we have a week of prayer. That's why we believe in prayer in this church. 
That's why we give priority to prayer. While many churches are introducing gimmicks into their activities, party tricks, we say, away with it, it's from the pit of hell, we must get to the place of prayer. And as the Apostle said in Acts chapter 6 and verse 4, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he, he tries to reloc- he, he relocates Daniel and his three friends. He re-educates them. He renames them. They're all given, given different names. And it's all in the hope that they will uh, pledge loyalty no longer to Israel but to the Babylonians. But this wicked attempt fails miserably. Because when you're filled with the Spirit of Christ... You don't capitulate very easily. So these four young men, they remain faithful. The Lord, of course, puts them to the test just to show that uh, he is with them and that he will carry them through any test that comes their way. He puts them to the test and it's a test that involves food that has been offered to idols. Nebuchadnezzar's food Uh, has been offered to the the false gods of Babylon. And this food is then offered to Daniel, his three friends, and the other other young men who have been brought as captives from Judah. But of course, Daniel and his three friends, and the other young Jewish men, they realize that this is something that is forbidden. They cannot eat food that has been offered to a false god. And they say, no. 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 I suppose this is a bit like the 2010 scandal involving what is called halal food, halal meat. Halal meat is meat that has been uh, offered to Allah, meat that has been given as an offering to the moon god of Islam, Allah. And in 2010, major UK restaurants, takeaways and sporting venues were secretly serving up halal food. One place in particular comes to mind is Wembley Stadium. At Wembley Stadium, halal meat was being sold to consumers without those consumers being aware of it. Eating food that had been offered to a demonic God. Well, Daniel and his companions, they're not prepared to eat food that has been offered to a demon God, and they simply say no. They knew their line and they refused to cross it. And every faithful Christian knows their line and will refuse to cross it. Every faithful Christian knows that there will come a time when you must say no. Now, you as a believer, I as a believer, we need to pray to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to know when to say no. 
And the Holy Spirit will reveal it to us. He will guide us and he will give us the discernment to know what situation we must refuse to cross the line. We must say no. So as individual Christians, there are times when we must be like Daniel and his three friends. There are times when we must say N-O, no. There are times, of course, as a congregation, as a local church, when we must say no. For example, when the authorities tell us to close the church. Four young men who knew when they had to say no. Their attitude was, God has forbidden us to eat this food that has been offered to idols. We will not comply. And there are times as individuals and as a local church that we must say the same. We will not comply. Too many Christians are prepared to go with the flow like a dead salmon. Just go with the flow. Go with the tide. And they never say no. They never take a stand. They believe everything and they stand for nothing. But that wasn't the case with Daniel and his three friends. They said no. And God blessed them for it. And if we as believers, guided by the Holy Spirit... When we refuse to cross the lines that God has given us in his word, then God will bless us for taking a stand. As we think of Daniel and his three friends saying no, of course we have a blast from the past here because we think of Adam and Eve in the garden who when they ought to have said no, they didn't. The serpent came to them and they caved in. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3, Paul said, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Adam and Eve ought to have said no, but they failed. But that's where the good news of the gospel comes in, because we have read today, about someone who did say no when he needed to. And we're talking, of course, about the Savior. Because in Luke chapter 4 and verse 3, we read, And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Our first parents in the garden, when they were offered the fruit, they should have said no, but instead they said yes. The Lord Jesus in the wilderness, when offered the bread, he was hungry, he hadn't eaten for 40 days, and yet he said no. And that is why he is able to save. 
He's able to save you. He's able to save me. He's able to save everyone on this planet. Because he's the one who resists temptation. He was the, he was the one who came into this world and overcame temptation. Whenever temptation comes to us, very often we capitulate and we collapse before the temptation, but not Christ. No, he was different, he was sinless, he was spotless. And he has provided a spotless righteousness, and he offers it to you today if you haven't already received it. Whenever the devil came to Christ in the wilderness, the Saviour said, I will not comply. Fasting alone in the desert, tell of the days that he passed, how he was tried and was tempted, yet was triumphant at last. Shall we pray?